Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning, 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific, and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A boxing match in Brooklyn, life in post-war Bosnia and Herzegovina, daily routine of a Nigerian midwife, an intimate family moment at home. These scenes and others are woven into Camera Person, a tapestry of footage captured over a 25-year career by documentary cinematographer Kirsten Johnson through a series of episodic juxtaposition. Uh, Johnson explores the relationships between image makers and their subjects, and we are so honored to have with us one of the finest cinematographers working in documentary films and that would be Kirsten Johnson. Kirsten, welcome to Film School. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. And I really, truly am honored to have you. Your your work uh, speaks for itself, but you've worked with some of the the best documentary filmmakers around Kirby Dick, Lawyer Poitras, uh, so many. I won't get too far into that list because we'll cover a lot of it while, during Michael Moore. I did have to mention that. That sounds good. <laughs> but anyway, uh, now, at what point did you decide that uh, a film about your work uh from you as a as a director i know you've worked in other projects as a director but what was it right. about this what what was yeah. it uh, what is it time do you feel what was it that prompted that? well no actually it came out of this sort of urgent need you know i had worked for three years on a project in afghanistan um and had basically finished cutting this film in which um a couple of young Afghan teenagers were portrayed, and the young woman in the film said, I'm so sorry, but I I feel too afraid to be in this film now. And we've been complicit all throughout the process, and in a lot of ways it was about the difficulty about around being seen as an Afghan young woman. And so it really um, was a great shock to me, besides the fact that I was concerned for her and what was going to happen to her in her life, I felt, you know, one, I had to respect her wishes and not continue to make the film, but I was really blindsided by it because I I, I thought I understood uh, the nature of our relationship and that there was permission involved. Um, so it really got me thinking about the way the world has changed since um, the Internet ha- has created a space for, you know, international distribution of images that anyone films anywhere um, and that we are all now camera people with, smartphones in our pockets. And so it just got me thinking about things in the past and made me want to reach out to the directors I've worked with and just look at the footage. So initially I wasn't even thinking about making anything. I just wanted to look and see what I had done in the past. Yeah, and and I what and I'm going to just compliment you and I assume your 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 team. Uh, we get these press kits all the time, I do, and you look through them and they're interesting and informative and but you have one of the best ones I've ever seen in terms of, <laughs> I'll tell you why, because uh, not only is the biographies and your sort of the, the, your work, but there's a series of questions that you pose in this that you're, you're, you, you're sort of speaking to now when you're talking about the encounter you had with the woman. Um, and what that, it, it goes to kind of the nature of documentary filmmaking, and but you in particular as a, sort of the intimacy that you have when you're right there filming someone either in the most horrifying circumstances or some of the most joyful circumstances and all these things. Mm. And your film 
does such a wonderful job of, in some way or another, addressing many of the questions that you pose. Mm. Um, I just well, they're, w- the que- they're the questions that are real for me yeah. as, a, as a person, you know, that I struggle with every day of filming. Yeah, and I've always I've always wondered. I've I mean, over the history of watching, you know, so many you know harrowing documentaries about just the most horrible circumstances, <laughs> and you see people who have the courage to step up and stand in front of a camera and say what the truth is. And I just want I've it's passed through my mind. Like, what are the consequences? I mean, you as you say at one point, you you take you you do this and you walk away. You get on a plane. You go somewhere. You're out of danger. But these are real questions. These are real things that happen with. And I, I don't. I don't know if I, I have an answer. I don't know if you have an answer specific to what I'm saying. But it is remarkable. And I think we need to. I mean. I mean. I think it's. We need to treasure. I mean, as much as we enjoy watching documentaries, we need to really. I think. I don't know that we come to full terms with the people who who truly step up as an act of courage to say what is happening. Um, well, I mean, you know, I think for me it's about amplifying our awareness of all the people who who work to to try to address some of the difficulties of this world. And and I, you know, I don't confine that in any way to the camera people. I share that with, you know, the drivers of the cars yeah. in countries, you know, who come along with crews, the translators, um, you know, sort of every step of the way, there are people who are engaging in this, you know, very, very particular thing that is, is uh, filming. Um, and, and it requires in many ways the sort of, um, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, not all, it's not all one thing ever. You know, it's not all courage ever. Right. Um, it's, you know, and, and that complexity is what I'm really interested in. But I think one thing that happens in documentaries often is that, that you become so focused on the story that it is, it is telling that you forget that there are other stories that are a part of the making of it and even other stories embedded in its own self. And so it was just a way of expanding that and including the audience in it also. You know, I really feel like, you know, you asking me these questions, you pay attention to certain things, any listener that's out there is listening at this moment in their lives full of a certain kind of feeling and thought, and then, you know, all of us encounter each other. And maybe something happens in that encounter, and maybe it doesn't. But mm-hmm. that's what happens when we're filming. So I'm trying to share that experience with the world. Right. Yeah, and I'd, yeah. And um, well, tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, it's a very interesting backstory in terms of how you got into uh, the world of filmmaking. Well, you know, I mean, I think, like all of our backstories, it's, you know, where do you begin it? And and certainly my childhood was a really um, remarkable one because it was full of um, love and it was happening within a construct of uh, a very religious uh, setting in which, you know, I was being told that all people were loved equally by God, but I was growing up in... 1960s, 70s United States in a very um, diverse setting in which I saw a lot of dissonance around race and class that we all, you know, continue to experience in this country and in this world in so many ways. And as a child, I just didn't get it. I was like, wait a minute, you know, what people are telling me is true is not resonating with um, the difficulties that I see people facing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, you know, looking back, I think I was a very earnest child, but in some ways a very intuitive child. And I sort of got that the 
things that weren't were being said wasn't really what was quite happening and um you know i sort of carried that questioning through into the world um and got really interested in college um in the ideas of representation and then when I saw some filmmaking coming out of West Africa by people like Usman Semben and Jibril Jop Membedi, it just sort of blew my mind. It represented such a different world than I had ever seen represented, and it was represented with such humor and intelligence and sort of incredible aesthetics that I wanted to know more about who those people were. So after college, I got on a plane and I went very naively uh, to Dakar, Senegal, and ended up meeting all those people and that's what encouraged me to go into filmmaking yeah it is it's a it's a remarkable story uh it's and um you again i mean sort of the this sort of leap of faith that you took in, in doing these things is 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 that something that you continue is that something you, is that a fair, an accurate way to put yeah. it a leap of faith yeah. do you feel like that's yeah. something I mean, that's important it's a, it's a generous way to describe it you know i mean i think I think that I did take a leap of faith that was, you know, in some ways you can say it's the leap that one can take when one has certain privileges, when one has certain protections, when one has naivete, all those things too, you know. Um, but, and, when you're out in the world with a certain kind of um, openness and lack of judgment, the world can often be very kind to you and, and return um, in, in in kind, the the leaps of faith, and and I think that that has been a part of um, you know my trajectory as a yeah. camera person in many ways. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Kirsten Johnson, and she's the director of the new film Camera Person, the new documentary. And you are in town, and you are going to be as um, I understand it. You it's well, the film is at the Lemley Royal, and yes. opening today, Friday, uh, September twenty third, and it looks like you're going to be uh, there for a Q and A. I will, and I'll be there with the incredible Tabitha Jackson of the uh, Sundance Documentary Fund. Um, and, you know, she's a really extraordinary person and who's created this incredible initiative called The Art of Nonfiction, that Sundance is really starting to support films that talk about the way in which um, documentaries are constructed. Mm -hmm. So I'm really proud to be connected with that initiative because I think it's going to create for all of us more films that, are deeply relevant to the world we're living in now. Mm -hmm. Now, the film has been described, Camera Person has been described as a, a collage of images. Uh, take Now, is that how would you describe this? this uh, you know, I mean, I've always loved collage, and, I, and I've always loved sort of the absurdist collages of Mertz and, uh, you know, John Heathfield and... and um, Collage has always been one of my favorite artistic mediums, but there's a way in which um, there's there was a deliberate um, construction and 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 ordering mm -hmm. to this set of images um, that I think is is deeply cinematic. You know, it's really an ode to how cinema functions um, and the way in which the juxtaposition of images is what uh, creates insight and emotion. So, um, in some ways, you know, I feel like it's just a movie. <laughs> it's a movie made of a lot of footage um, that I've shot around the world, and many different kinds of emotion are generated by the footage. And yet, on top of that, there's insights that build in relation to what the viewer starts to understand that I have experienced over time. 
So, you know, by looking at others, a self-portrait emerges. Mm -hmm. Well, and I would say to your point, watching the film, you you uh, are in a particular part of you're you're filming something and uh we see a, a couple of minutes of that particular sequence you you leave it we go to another sequence and you but you return back sort of there's sort of a a, a back and forth and, yeah. and it and it it feels linear uh in, in, in the way <laughs> right. that you 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 unfold those particular stories as we return to them is that is yeah. that yeah well i'm really interested in time yeah. Honestly, because, you know, when you're a camera person, you have to be intensely in the present. Um, so much is demanded of you in the present that you often forget that there is any past or that there will be a future. And yet, you know, part of filming is imagining that there will be the future of the film. And you're, you know, sort of trying to create this set of uh, cinematic vocabulary that the director and the editor will be able to construct a story out of. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, as, as the film sort of speaks to, in some ways, there will also be a future in which all of the people you have filmed will no longer exist, mm-hmm. when you will no longer exist. And, you know, I think before cameras became so ubiquitous, it would often be a very tense thing to ask someone if you could film them, because it might be the only time in which they were represented. So people would be incredibly nervous and concerned that they wouldn't represent themselves the way they wanted to be, you know, for the one and only representation that would exist. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I think 20 years ago, if you said to your parents you wanted to film them, you know, I think, you know, my parents both said, what, you think I'm going to die soon, you know? <laughs> and, and, and that's shifted. There's a more openness and looseness around um, being filmed and filming others. Um, and I think there's also more of an awareness of what it might mean um, in the future, and that shift was interesting to me too in making this film. Yeah, and uh, it, it's it's some there's some beautiful sequences, and obviously there's a deeply personal uh, segments of the film with your parents, in particular your mom, who uh, was a victim of Alzheimer's. Uh, I my mom died this uh, from that as well. So it's I very... wish there weren't so many people who shared this experience with me. I'm uh, so sorry. You yeah. know, it's like such a complicated experience to watch the shifting of a parent's identity. It, it is. It, it's ter- it, it is a, uh, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. It was, uh, it was an awful thing to, to bear witness. And, but, um, but in, but into that point, um, it, so much of the film and what's so impressive about your work in general and over the years seen so many of the films that you've been a part of um, is the deeply personal and that's documentaries in general but your your work in particular has a has a very um, very personal and intimate feel to it and um, and then watching of course obviously not a documentary it's your your real life but seeing your your mom and your dad and and, and what they were dealing with. And again, I, as I said earlier, sort of the, the the mini arc of the stories that you tell in in the film uh, yeah. are just really touching. And uh, oh, I'm so glad. Well, I mean, you know, I it's funny. Someone said the film is structured like Alzheimer's. That sort of the, it's the it's the it's the most you know sort of the the emotionally strong things yeah. that uh, that guide that guided and and you know in some ways for me when you talk about uh, the work of my career and and what i'm interested in when i film i i really think there's this it's just this incredible opportunity in this moment of you know here you and i are talking we've never met we're talking for 20 minutes 
But because we're being recorded and we because we know other people might listen to this, yeah. we're sort of going for it. You know, we, <laughs> we, we go as deep as we can possibly go in this moment. And you hope that your questions will allow me to think in new ways about who I am. And I hope that, too. You know, and that's precarious and fragile and sometimes can be threatening. Um, but in many ways, it's such a uh, it's such a shared vulnerability, and um, yeah. I really value that in in the film work that that people they 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 come they come they they are accepting to be filmed in the cases in which they are right, mm-hmm. um, and then and then they they go for it they they open up yeah. you know and that feels like an incredibly extraordinary opportunity. That is that is very much with the essence of the question I asked earlier about your work and being there with someone and them talking to you. That's thank you. That's a, that's a, a terrific uh, way to look at it. Um, I want to let our listeners know again. We're speaking with Kirsten Johnson in just the last minute or so we have together, uh, and I I want to run through and I'm going to do 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 I'm going to do this. Oh boy, I can't talk right now. Injustice <laughs> no to the it, injustice to the people. I will leave off of this list as what I was trying to say. Um, but you have a, a film actually that's out today in um, in Los Angeles. Audrey and Daisy. We work with John Shank on that. Um, and Bonnie Cohen. And yes. Bonnie Cohen. So I just want to get a little shout out to Audrey and Wonderful. Daisy. Wonderful. Me too. Thank uh, you. This uh, story about bullying, cy- cyber bullying, and and in that vein, you work with Amy Zuring. Uh, I, certainly, I don't think you worked on um, Hunting Ground, but you've worked with them on Dorita Correct. and others. And Amy is amazing, and I uh, so she's yeah, been on it's an incredible, incredible, um, brave commitment to yeah. talking about things that are really difficult to talk about, and and yeah. in the face of institutions that really don't you know want these stories to be told. Yeah. Um, and I think both Amy. Zarian and Kirby Dick are doing incredible work, as are Bonnie Cohen and John Shank, in their pursuit of opening up these questions that I think are starting to come up more because we have these zones of connection possible through the Internet that never existed before, where people who didn't have power can now speak about some of the things that are happening to them. Well, amen to all of it. And I will not even try to get through all this list, although you work with uh, Jenny Redeker, uh a, a number of times. Is there some, and also with Laura Poitras as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just I something mean, Jenny Redeker has been an incredible collaborator, and she's always been someone who's really helped me think about what is the experience of women in the world. And um, it was interesting in my film to suddenly realize how much attention I have paid to women, more than I even thought I was. Um, and, of course, working with Laura Poitras has been one of the great honors of my life, you know, um, to sort of end up being in history with her is uh, really remarkable. She's a remarkable filmmaker. And I may be sticking my foot in my mouth on I, because I hope I'm right about this. But, in, <laughs> Good, but, but give it, it a try. <laughs> but, in the, but in the oath, uh, I assume you're the, the shooter on that scene when they're walk, when you're down the street, down the sort of the long yes. tracking shot. Yes. One of my, yes. one of my favorite, favorite scenes in all, any documentary I can remember oh. Is that scene when you were walking? You that is well, a beautiful you know, we tracking shot. Walking, you know why that shot was possible. We were driving in the car, and okay. the camera was mounted on a suction cup inside the car. Oh. And why that shot is possible? It's sort of not possible anywhere else in the world because 
people are used to cars driving down those streets, mm-hmm. and you you have to drive at a very slow, maybe 10 or 15 miles an hour. Yeah. So it was possible to get a smooth tracking shot. I never would have been able to get that shot um, walking. You know, my presence there was such an outsider presence. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that really, when while we were filming it, we just were sort of gobsmacked at the cinematic quality of it. We, Both Laura and I had never seen anything like it. Um, and you know, really felt that moment of the magic of cinema. So I'm so glad you you love it too. Oh my God! If I would, if you told me that you had staged it, it was on a sound stage somewhere or some you know some pre-planned thing, I would have believed it because it is spectacular and it does so much to kind of give you a flavor for the life of the people in that film in the oath. So yeah. uh, tremendous work. Thank you. I can't even tell you how much uh, I've, I've been looking forward to our conversation. Oh, what a joy. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Again, the film is the camera person. You're in town. You're here. You'll be at the Lemley Royal tonight and tomorrow night. You mentioned with... Uh, with uh, Tabitha Jackson, yeah. Yeah, Tabitha and, Jackson. Yeah, and please, everyone come out. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an open one, so I'd be happy <laughs> to talk to anybody in person. Very good. And, the, and the, you can go to camera person film. Is that right? Camera That's pil- right. Camerapersonfilm.com to find out more about screenings, about the film itself. Thank you, Kirsten, for being here on Facebook. Oh, thank you for your great generosity. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.